Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is episode number 21 of season one of the Full Coverage Football Show. My name is Jeremy Somerville. You can follow me on Twitter at SomervilleCLE. You can follow my co-host, Mr. Drew Ward, at Ward2967295. And you can also follow the show at FCFSPod. Follow all of us, follow the show, that way you always know what's going on. Welcome in tonight, we are going back to football. Last week, a lot of good feedback for the show, we didn't talk football. Full coverage football show didn't talk football, but it was a good show nonetheless. We always try to put the best show we can together. Tonight, we're going to talk scouting combine. You got the wide receivers, the tight ends, and the quarterbacks working out tonight as we record every Thursday. We're going to talk a little bit about the CBA, the Collective Bargaining Agreement in the NFL, and we will also get into our NFC North offseason needs. All that is coming up on the other side of this lovely, chill beat here. We will bring in my co-host, Mr. Drew Ward. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the show. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, iHeart, Anchor, Google Pods, Apple Pods, you name it, we are there Check us out. Leave a review if you can. Help us out. Message us on Twitter. Let us know what we can do better. All that. And with that, let's get this show started, kids. Welcome into the show, my friend. How you doing tonight? Hey, hey. what's going on, brother? Get to watch the scouting combine tonight in prime time while recording the pot. That's huge. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's like football heaven right now for me. Yeah, no, I mean it's uh, it's nice to have two TVs at this time. You know what I mean? What you got on the other TV? You got some NBA on, or you you still watching yeah, golf? I, no, I, well, I watched all the golf today, so I don't a rerun of that. But uh, <laughs> I'm watching the Blazers and the Pacers. <clears throat> but it's good stuff, man. How's everything going on uh, in your world? You know, I can't complain right now. I'm excited. We got Henry Ruggs coming up here. About to run his 40-yard dash. He's going to run it in 3.1. Dude, the way they're talking <laughs> about this kid, that's what you expect. Yeah, he's going to come out and run like a 4.3, and everybody's going to be like, oh. Well, I mean, CeeDee Lamb came out, stumbled out of the gate, and still ran a 4.5. Like, these kids are just blazing fast. And this wide receiver group, let's just get into the combine here. Ridiculous, dude. Unbelievable it's, group. I don't remember I don't remember a wide receiver class this deep. I mean, we're looking at I, guys who can go in the seventh round, like Benjamin Victor and guys yeah. like that out of Ohio State who we're ta- Yeah, we're talking big, big schools. Yeah, they can play ball. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. It's wild. It's uh, – you watch and watch just watching the combine. You see something. I mean, you're talking. You, you of course, you got your rugs and your Judies and your CD Lambs, but like in no way, shape, or form does a team need to rush to to get take a look at the uh, the wide receiver position. You can Absolutely. get Jefferson out of LSU in in third round potentially, even with the amount of wide receivers there are. So it, it, there's depth there all over. And Jefferson ran a four four four. On his first run today. That kid was blazing fast, too. I, I like him a lot. I think he's going to be a hell of a player. I mean, you look at it, there could be, I think I said earlier, up to 30 receivers drafted in the first three rounds, dude. It's insane how good these kids are coming into this draft. Yeah, so you it, don't see it like this. You don't see a receiver class. Like, you see a, you, you typically see a significant drop-off 
which I think you see a significant drop off outside of, you know, really, I think outside of if CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy, there's a little bit of a drop off, but you're, you're talking like there's not a significant drop off with second tier guys. And then there is third tier guys, but the, I mean, these are, these are all good players. These are players that normally may go, they may even go a little later because there's so many of them that in a normal draft, these guys would be first rounders, second rounders, and they're going to slip more and more down the draft just because it's almost I mean, oversaturated with wide receivers where teams can wait and pick the guy they want and, and go from there. So you definitely, if your team needs a wide receiver, it's a good year to snag one and you don't have to do it early necessarily. And you're absolutely right with that. And Henry Ruggs ran a 4-2-8 on his first run here. He's just warming up. Let's see what he does on his second. But you look at a guy like T. Higgins out of Clemson. This is a guy who most years would be, you'd think, in the top three of his receiving class, probably a first-rounder. There's a good chance he's a mid-second-rounder. Yeah. I mean, I could honestly see that happening. There's a guy like LaVisca Chenault who's going to run here right now. And this kid played in Colorado. Didn't get great quarterback play, but this kid can ball. He is a stud, and he's a guy who a lot of people who really don't pay attention to the draft all that much or aren't deep into college football, they may not know. But this guy's going to make a name for himself in the NFL. And Henry Ruggs, who is probably going to be the fastest out of the receivers, most years you look at him as you know being the John Ross type where he could possibly go top 10. But no, I don't think he's even – top 20 on no. this draft. I don't either. And I don't either. He could go to a team like Buffalo in the twenties, but I think Buffalo's already got players like him. They're going to need a bigger guy. Yeah. I don't think that that's necessarily the guy that they need. Um, I think you want, I, you want more of a possession receiver there than you do um, a speedster as far as yep. Buffalo goes, in my opinion, but yeah. And that's where Chenault or, Maybe Higgins could even go if he goes in the first round, or maybe they find someone else because these guys are so good. And Chenault runs a four five nine. I think it's but, going to be interesting, and I think it's going to be great next year when we're watching games, and you're just going to get to see some of this young talent because there, there's a lot of these guys that are going to be able to come in and, and and play pretty much right away. Oh, I'm with you on that. I mean, you look at most years, you get guys who come in and they kind of take their time to really get into a groove, but these kids are so talented this year. I think it's going to be unbelievable how many can play next year and make a complete difference. And not only did we have the wide receivers and speaking of, before I move on from wide receivers real quick, Chase Claypool, a guy who I've been high on who doesn't show a lot on tape because Notre Dame's offense wasn't very good last year. I think this guy is either you're going to use him as a red zone threat, a big wide receiver, a deep threat, big wide receiver, a hybrid tight end. This guy's six foot four, almost six five, two hundred and forty pounds almost, and ran a four four five. Yeah, freak, freak. Yeah, you got freak uh, athletes. Yep, freak athlete. And that guy That's, in the right situation is going to. Well, be you just got to. He's a guy that you take the risk, the flyer on, and you you kind of just figure out where he fits best, and you that you know you work with him from there. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you it's tough to find freak athlete guys like that. Especially Absolutely. at the, but the tight end position—if you—if you, you want to think about putting him a tight, tight end position—is way more difficult. Mm. It's hard to convert a wide receiver to a tight end just because the blocking. Yeah, as long, um, I mean, if you're not using him as an, you're not going to use him as an inline tight end. Yeah, you're gonna, he's going to be Evan Ingram 
but yeah. maybe a healthier version who actually gets on the field every now and then. <laughs> you mean he's going to be just on bench, just on the sidelines all the time? Evan Ingram, not a, fan, a friend of the show because we've both had him in fantasy probably too many times and just expected <laughs> something out of him and got nothing out of him. But yeah, he's he's a guy that I think Chase Claypool could be what we expected out of Evan Ingram. Yeah, Evan Ingram, man, you're right, fantasy. Because then I I drafted him <laughs> two years ago and he was hurt like all year, and then I traded for him this year and he I never got to play. <laughs> oh, but what? Also tonight, I mean, the tight ends did work out. You saw Adam Troutman, the big tight end out of Dayton, who the way this kid blocks and the way he looks on tape, he's just a fluid tight end. He looks like a guy who could almost be a George Kittle, but I don't think he eventually becomes that. I don't want to put that tag on him right now. Kittle's the best tight end in football. I mean, it's either him or Kelsey, and if you're going full around tight end, then you got to go Kittle. And uh, Troutman can block, but then he runs, he looks fast and he looks fluid on tape. And then he runs a four, seven, nine. And people are like, wait, I mean, that's a little slow, but this is where you got to look at the tape and not let the combine determine. I think Bruce Arian said it this week where he said the combine can get you fired. Yeah, dude, you, you're, these are guys running a straight line in their underwear as fast as they can. Yep. Underwear Olympics. When, is that going to happen in a game? <laughs> I've never seen it happen. I've never uh, yeah, just like doing his underwear with no pads out there. Great 40 yard dashes. So yeah, you, you, especially with wide receivers and things, you need to be able to cut. You need to be able to, you know, it, in the, in the NFL nowadays, it seems like you can get these guys that you can put in the slot and, you can kind of mold them because you can have a little bit more shallow underneath the intermediate stuff for them. But the way the league's going, everything's so spread out. That's why you're going to see all these wide receivers taken because teams are rolling five wide receivers deep. You know, it's a passing league now. (laughs) Yeah. It's just the way it is. Watching some more of these 40 yard dash, Jeff Thomas out of the U four, four, six. That's a kid who, can be a decent slot receiver at some point. Got big Benjamin Victor running from the Ohio State University, and he's he's a four six guy, but he's a big tall receiver, and he's got great hands. I mean, he's probably going to go in like sixth seventh round, and this kid, yeah, he can play. He'll get. He'll Insane. definitely get. He'll definitely get drafted, though. I mean, he'll... And then, I mean, on the other side of it, where you got that big guy, you got a little guy in KJ Hamler, who's five eight one seventy five. Stud though, and you're worried <laughs> about this kid. Like going in, I was like, "How strong is he? How fast is he?" I didn't see his time. I don't even know if he ran, but he put up 15 reps at 225. I mean, he's a stud. He's flat out showing. You know what? Yeah, I'm small, but I will knock your ass off the block, and I can. He's gonna be able to block at a slot spot. It's unbelievable the talent here. It's gonna be fun. And the crazy thing about it is, it's overshadowing all the quarterbacks. And maybe it's because Burrow's not doing anything. Two is not doing anything. Yeah. But you did get to see Justin Herbert throw a little bit. And that's one thing where I'm not a big fan of Justin Herbert. I think he's a first rounder. I mean, we've talked yeah. about this many times on this show. But he's a guy who great arm talent. You see it there. He ran a four six forty. He's got the athleticism, but it just doesn't the athleticism still doesn't show on the tape for me. And 
what I'm really looking at, not really with him and Jordan Love, is who's going to be the fifth quarterback in this class? Is going to be Jake Fromm, Jacob Eason? I think somebody Jacob else. Eason. I think, think Eason's going to be the guy. I do. I do. I don't think teams are, are in, in every, in, you know, quarterbacks kind of move up and down, but I don't think teams are going to be huge on Jake Fromm, dude. I think you could even see, like, this might sound crazy, but, you know, say a team like the Packers fell in love with Jacob Eason. Mm. You could see them take him. Um, I mean, more than likely they're not going to do that. But I, I do I do think you could see a team fall in love with him in the back of that first round and, and pick him right up. Eason's a guy who can make throws that just wow you at points. And then you watch him and you're like, is this the same guy I just saw drop a dime? Because he looks completely clueless, and then his accuracy sails. Like, if he gets with a team who can let him sit, work on his footwork, really work on getting every the whole package together, I think he's definitely a guy who can be a player in the league, maybe as a Derek Carr type at best. Maybe could that's you peak. the fit that Aaron Rodgers would throw? <laughs> oh, my gosh. We would never hear the end of it. I mean, we'll get more into uh, – the Packers <laughs> later on here as we get into our NFC North uh, offseason moves. But I think if they did that in the first round, especially, they're just – I mean, that's got to piss Aaron Rodgers off. I know he's hes a whiny dude for the most part anyway, but – Anything they, piss him off, dude. They need a lot of help on that team sure. for a team that's pretty damn good already. I mean, they were what? What's the record? Were they 13-3 and three last year? I don't have it in front of me. They yeah, were at the least 13-3 and three or close. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And – you look at what they need. They need a lot of help, especially offense. They've got all those dude, receivers. They need, receivers too. They need well, water. I mean, they've got a zillion wide receivers who you expected things out of. And like I said, we'll get into that. Yeah. But I'm with you. Work. I think Eason is going to be that fifth guy. I like from, or I liked from coming into this year. I did do, but like. I think he, he got exposed. Terrible. I don't want to say he had a terrible year because that's not necessarily fair, but like. You just didn't see from – you really thought this was going to be the year for him to kind of take off and, and make himself a top-10 pick, and it just didn't happen. No. I mean, we knew coming into the year that his arm strength wasn't great, but then his accuracy kind of looked worse this year, and his decision-making. This is where I thought his accuracy and decision-making would let him at least be you know, a decent Andy Dalton-type quarterback in the NFL where he could – he could win. Maybe you don't win big with him, but he was a guy who could play in the league, maybe start for you. And now I'm just like, yeah, I don't see him as an NFL starter. I mean, he's not, I still think he's top three, top three rounds, but I got questions on him now. Yeah. I just don't know if, if right now I would say that I don't expect him to, excuse me, to be a, starting quarterback for three to five years in the NFL. I just don't, I just don't expect that, but we'll see. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, coming into the year, he was a guy who, like you said, I expected him to be maybe top 10. You probably thought the same. He was a guy who top 10, man. I mean, he's got talent and I just, with the fact that he's getting passed up by Jacob Eason's and stuff. It just showed you, like, he it kind of had a 
like a fall from grace. I mean, yeah. you thought the way that Georgia finished the year last year, you thought coming into this year, of course, they were one of the favorites and that, and they just they were still a good team, but it was just like he wasn't. He just didn't look like himself, and, and you're right. His accuracy was kind of out of whack, and I don't know if that's footwork. I don't know, you know, it, it, it could be so many different factors, and some team could fall in love with him, and and he could end up being decent. But it just to me last year, it, it, he just didn't never look comfortable. Um, in, in the year before, I mean, he looks he looked comfortable. He was sitting back. He was letting it rip. And then this year it was just like, you know, early in the season, he kind of, they kind of got out to like a little bit of a funk. I mean, they're still winning games, but he was throwing interceptions. And just sometimes he just, he's, you know, didn't get his old ways is kind of gunning out there and letting it rip. And, and he just didn't look good, but maybe that can change. I mean, there, there'll be a team that will give him a chance, but I don't know. He's 6'2", 220. And, According to Pro Football Focus, 25.4 of his passes last season were uncatchable. That is a very bad Shea Patterson-like number for him. But yeah. really coming from 2018, he's 30 touchdowns, 6 picks. But the big thing for him, he was 67% completion and a 9-yard per average on his passes. And then coming into this year, he drops down to 60% and 7.4. Basically what he is, I think he's a game manager. And if he can protect the ball i think he's he's going to be chase daniel who can spot start be a backup oh <laughs> and at best be andy dalton oh all right well but with eason like daniel's funny. i mean I'm trying to figure out who i think eason could be even like, i've gotten into the quarterbacks but not i i mean what's that listen, i see you're good with like a Compare people who you think they're going to be. I uh, I don't know. It, we'll see, man. The quarterbacks. I don't see any team in in the division we're going to talk about that needs a quarterback. But do they? Well, no, I don't know. There is a team I think might need a quarterback, but I don't think it's going to be a drafted quarterback. And we will talk more about that later. But <laughs> the thing with while we're talking quarterbacks in the draft here, though, the thing yeah. with Eason, yeah, is he's big, six six, two twenty seven. He makes these he makes these throws, but the guy he reminds me of that frustrates me is Brandon Whedon. <laughs> and I, I mean that's a terrible thing to say about a guy because he's well, he, about four Brandon years Whedon younger, thirty five when he came in the NFL. I mean. Yeah, the Browns were going for a older guy. They wanted someone more mature. They were sick of getting r- real rookies, get maturity in there. <laughs> he wanted but, somebody mature. <laughs> but with Eason, it's the pocket presence for him. He just – you see him make these throws, and then you're like, wow, hell of an arm, which Brandon Wien had great arm talent. But he had terrible, terrible pocket presence. And if Eason can figure out – I mean, that's a hard thing to learn is the pocket presence, especially come the NFL where all these guys are three times as fast. That's my thing with him. But he is yeah. a big dude. If he can stand in the pocket and make throws, he's definitely a guy who can be a player in the league. Problem is with a guy like that, though, dude, is if you can't hang out in the pocket and have a presence of where people are in college, in Pac-12, mm-hmm. when – 
the bullets are flying in the NFL and guys are coming off the edge at you and the linebackers and corners are smothering the people like they're doing college. <laughs> Let's see how that goes. Yeah. I think, you you know, that's just a bad recipe for me at the next level, but we'll see. I just, you know, you just get guys that start teeing off on them because guys that don't have that pie that need to get rid of the ball quick. I mean, Easton's not that, I mean, I don't want to say he's not that guy, but you know, Washington, their offense is it's for me it's it's the you're thinking of going against Pac twelve defenses and you're translating that to the NFL and you already have some accuracy issues and uh and we'll see how he faces the pass rush if he if he gets happy feet like he did you know a lot of time in college. Yep. And another as we're talking wide receivers before, guy we didn't talk about even Jalen Rieger. Or Ragor, sorry, Ragor. It's looks like Rieger, but it's actually Ragor. He did tweet that out, so people are spelling his name correctly. This is the guy who ran a four four seven in his first run in the forty. Thirty one percent of the balls thrown to him were catchable this year at TCU. <laughs> like he did not have catchable balls, and this kid, the talent he has, he can get the ball. He's got great hands. He's fast. He's in and out of his breaks quick. I mean, this kid has a ceiling that's probably up there with Jerry Judy and CD lamb, like, but he's, we don't know how good he is because of the quarterback plays had. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just, no, that's a crazy stat, by the way. Um, that sucks for him. That had to be very frustrating. Um, I mean, as opposed it, to with that it's all 31 about situation, bro, it's all about where you are and who's throwing you the ball. Justin Jefferson, 69% of the balls thrown to him were perfectly accurate. So that helps to have Joe Burrow. Dude, didn't Justin Jefferson, when you watch LSU, wasn't he just like the most wide open receiver I've ever seen in college? Yeah, that, that like, LSU offense was crazy. Like, why is he by himself? Like, what then, is then you see today their backup tight end, Stephen Sullivan's running through these drills and he looks really good. He looks terrible as a blocker, but he looks like a hybrid tight end. You can split out, you're not going to make him go in line. And this kid looks really good. And you're like, why did he not appear? He's a guy I've got to dig into and figure out why he didn't appear on any tape watching LSU. But I saw Moss's kid is hurt. Which kid? Moss's get Randy Moss's yeah, son. Thaddeus. A Jones yeah. injury, which Van Jefferson from Florida, the wide receiver, they found out too. And the break. Tough break for these kids. Yeah, yeah. Especially right now. Because if, you know, this is – I mean, they're still going to get drafted, of course, but, like, they're going to slip down boards because, like, these – you know, these teams drafted high up in the draft need guys to play now. They're, they're You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You want your early-round picks to be plug-and-play kind of guys. But, um, yeah, it sucks, man. The timing's terrible. I mean, Thad was probably a top-100 pick, but – Yeah. Maybe he drops a little yeah. further down. Van Jefferson – had a decent senior bowl, maybe he drops a little further down now with with all this talent, you're absolutely right. They're gonna want guys to come out and play. Yep. I mean I hope that, look- that the Lions take a bunch of people that can play right away. <laughs> Please. And we'll, we'll talk about your lions. It's yeah. gonna be a fun show as we get into your lions. Because we will open up with them once we start talking NFC North here. But it's crazy what these guys I mean they walk into the combine and you're learning things about 
your body didn't realize because these guys are getting poked and prodded about everything and not only about their body. How about a uh, TCU's Ross Blacklock who found yes. out he had 37 parking tickets? Yes, that's what you said. I had no idea until the Raiders tell him he's got 37 parking tickets. How phenomenal is that? Like, how do you my, not know you've got that many parking tickets? Like, bro, my favorite, on. my favorite part about the NFL, these teams are going to do their homework. <laughs> if there's anything that you got going on, they're going to find out about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, there's these, these teams. There's been stories that teams just like following guys around. For days to see what the hell they were doing, you know, and it, this is an investment here. So <laughs> you got to you got to make sure you're you're not acting a fool. I mean, the best teams will do that. But you look at some teams like a team I root for in my Cleveland Browns. They've drafted a guy who was about to go to prison. They drafted a linebacker like 15 years ago who was ready to go to prison. They didn't know. They drafted Johnny Manziel because a homeless guy told him to and never did any back work on him to find out how messed up he was or what drugs the dude was on. I mean, the best teams are doing that. And for the Raiders to know that, awesome. Mike Mayock doing a kick-ass job, continuing on as they move to Las Vegas. And as we talk Raiders real quick, let's switch to a free agency question here. All this talk today coming out that Tom Brady's ready to move on from the Patriots. Are you buying this or is this all just smoke getting blown out our asses here? I don't really know, man, because – I also don't think – I'm not sure New England is going to pay him $30 million. You know? Do you? I'm with you. I mean, they they need a lot of help on that team. Their salary cap spots right now, I think they're okay, but do they want to put $30 million in their 43-year-old quarterback? And he wants two years commitment from what I've heard. I mean, yeah. I haven't talked to Tom Brady, obviously. <laughs> um. not, you're not going to dinner with Tom and Giselle? No, I have not. My wife and I have not been invited yet. We would we would happily accept that invitation. Tom Keyword is yet. Yep. Um, but no, so I, I I just I think there's a possibility to place elsewhere, but I also think that the Patriots don't really have another option right now. They don't, but there was I mean there's it's rumor season, it's hot stove season. There is talk that Maybe they go after Dak or someone like that where they'll make Dak a contract offer and he'll move on from the Cowboys. So, no. See, that's stupid. And I'll tell you why that's stupid is because Brady already got some, has no weapons to throw to. So now you're going to put Dak back there with no <laughs> weapons to throw to? I mean, it, that's the thing. Like, the problem is, and Tom Brady's definitely declining, that offense had shit for wide yep. receivers last year. I mean, besides Antonio Brown, <laughs> one game, who didn't basically nothing. Um, and they gave up a second round pick yeah, for Mahomes. Look at that! With man. all this talk, we're talking about all these great wide receivers. Would you rather have Patriots need a lot Muhammad of them. Sanu <laughs> or a second round receiver this year? I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. That looks like a bad deal for the. Patriots, it was kind of a desperation move. And when I'm thinking about guys that give up a second round pick for Sanu was never one of them. But if it worked out, hey, it's the Patriots. That's what they do. No, they got they got desperate. They got desperate because I and I can't remember off the top of my head, but they were calling teams to try to make a deal. And uh who was the wide receiver that got traded at the deadline? They were trying to make a move for. 
I can't remember. I'm sure it'll hit us halfway anyway, the show. One of us will just yell out a yeah. random name. And we'll be like, oh, yeah. But he basically got traded somewhere else. And then they kind of had to settle for Muhammad Sanu and overpay. And good for the Falcons. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, we got this Calvin Ridley kid. <laughs> You're going to go sign your out, big moms. Okay, we, we're trash. I mean, and so and look for, look for Atlanta to be better this year, too. Not that we're, this is the way mm-hmm. I thought of it. And we'll get into them. Yeah. I think I'm with you on that. I mean, we ripped on them a lot, and we were ready for Dan Quinn to be fired, and he turned that around. And he's yeah, back. Dan Quinn did a great job. Yeah. And we admitted that, too. It's just a big yeah. thing. But what else are you looking forward to here at the scouting combine as we move into the weekend? Anything Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. He's going to be fun. Uh, I just think. I think he's one of those guys that can do a, not he can do himself a lot of favors this week. I think because I think people are going to see that he's just a freak athletically, and and I, I think teams probably already do. Um, I saw people saying, "Oh, the Browns at ten, like he I don't think he ain't be, I don't think he's going to be there at 10. Uh I think this guy could go as early as four. To be honest I think with he you, as early as three. <laughs> Which no. which we'll talk about possibly uh, later. But as you mentioned, the Browns, and there was talk, especially on the talk radio today, you heard it, should the Browns draft him if he's there at 10? Now, almost everybody, it's a waste of everybody's time. like, no, don't draft him, don't draft him. Why? Because you need because a tackle? You need a tackle, and I'm with you. So you you need a tackle. <laughs> However, if I'm the Cleveland Browns and Isaiah Simmons is there, you do not pass on blue chip players. He is a blue chip prospect, in my opinion. And if you really think your scouting team is great and you think Andrew Thomas looks like he might slide a little bit, might be there in the late teens, then you got Josh Jones, who if you have a grade on Josh Jones that's close to what you got on Wills or Becton or Thomas. It's not Jack Conklin. Or, or like, and you can bring in – I expect them to bring in a free agent – and then draft a guy, but you can move up from your second round spot. You have two third round picks, package those up, move up to a team who might want to get out of the first round and trade up and get a Josh Jones at 26 to 31 or something like that. If you can come and you can, even, yeah, get a guy that can go play right tackle for you or, or you know, like, I don't know. I'm with you. I, That's your I don't squad, think you man. can pass up Isaiah Simmons, especially if he tests as well as we expect. And what I would love to see from Simmons, he's a guy I'm definitely looking forward to this weekend, is for him to pull kind of a uh, Jabril Peppers and test at multiple spots just to see how damn good he is. I don't think he needs to do that. I think he's going to get drafted high regardless. But I would love to see him work out as an edge, especially with the new drills they have where they do the figure eight. I would love to see the bend on this kid coming around edge just to see that. His coverage skills at linebacker at and safety. He's going to bounce off the page, dude. He can literally pretty much line up anywhere. He's an absolute freak. On your defense, besides, like, you know, defense tackle. But. And if, <laughs> but, if he yeah. does start I mean, to slide, he's there's a team in the NFC yeah. North I think should definitely try to move up for him. And we'll talk about that a little later. We'll see. Another thing from the combine, though, a guy who might be – on your squad, picked at number three, Jeffrey Okuda. Measured wingspan of almost 80 inches. That is nuts for a 
cornerback. This dude, long ass arms. We knew that watching him at Ohio State, but he's one of the better corner prospects I've seen in yeah, in some he's, years. I think he's I think he's a better prospect than Denzel Ward. I on that. Who he's taken early just a couple years ago or what three years ago. Um bigger, stronger. I think he's yeah, I do. I, I really do. I think he's a better tackler. He's he can play some I mean he can definitely play press corner. He's a strong kid. And he can basically kind of shadow your your wide receiver one. And uh I think he's a plug and play guy. And and but you, you need him to be. Yep. Because taking a corner that early is very – I mean, you just don't see it. I am interested to see what he runs in age 40. Yeah, I am too. I am too, man. It's it, – the combines – it's just crazy how the how the the NFL suffocates <laughs> us like this where we care about watching these these freaking people run 40 yard dash. We got to love the underwear Olympics and this year they put it in prime time and it's like these kids are working out. Dude, we're in the middle of the damn yeah. winter, bro. And it's freezing outside and we're in here watching people run 40s and stuff and this is what it's like here in yeah. Ohio during during winter. Psyched. I mean, it's the best you got. And I mean baseball season's a month away but there's like we're supposed to have like eight inches of snow this weekend. Like no one's thinking about baseball right I know. now. It sucks. I know. No one's ever thinking about baseball, <laughs> by the way. But and that was last week's show. The we'll, we'll, get back to, uh, <laughs> we'll get back to a non-football episode. But let's continue talking football. Let's talk about the collective bargaining agreement, which hopefully gets done, gets approved soon here. I don't think so, man. And the way this is now, you look at the new offer from the owners that kind of might sneak by because they are offering it's like what 48 and a half 48 and a half percent which is higher than any other league five billion dollars more for players but the big thing they did that the owners snuck in there was one hundred thousand dollars more in minimum salary so all the guys who are the lower tier players knowing that you can make a hundred thousand dollars more right off the bat these are the guys who are going to put in votes that might help swing this thing. And you're still looking at one less preseason game, 17 games overall, more, uh, one more wild card game. But that's going to be the deal that swings it. So I'm with you on the fact that I don't think it gets approved, but go ahead. No, I mean, listen, it, I'm kind of torn on it a little bit. Now I see like, from my perspective, yeah, the players say, oh, the 17th game, we are going to be in, you know, it, it, it ups the risk of an yeah. injury, right? Um, I think they're getting more money, which I think the players like. I, I, I do think one of the things that if you're going to go to 17-player – or excuse me, 17-game schedule – I think you need to allow 10 more active roster spots. Dude. Yeah, definitely make – I think it's necessary because, you, you, you know, you, I think that they should have 10 more active roster spots already. But especially if you're going to go to that 17th game, I don't know if football – NFL needs a 17th game, though. Like, to be honest with you, I mean, trust me, I'm not going to complain about 17th game. I'm not going to do it. I'm a fan. I'll watch 22 games if I have to. But 
I think a lot of the allure of the NFL is the anticipation. You only uh-huh. have 16 games. You, know, you have those eight home games. And and uh, I think you don't want to oversight. The NFL, people are going to watch. But I think I think they could stay at 16 games. I don't know about expanding to another wild card game either. I mean, maybe my team would make the playoffs, which would be cool. But, like, maybe your team could even sneak in one day. I don't know. We can always dream. Um, yeah, seriously, man. That we we damn right we can. But I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to get accepted. But again, we have until the next off season. But I think they need to get it done as early as possible. Absolutely. So we're we're not looking at any sort of strike or, or you know block out. Actually, um, so because that would be terrible. Because everybody likes NFL football, and imagine the, just the the fantasy and and oh. If they just like started like they're like came out of lockout like week seven and everybody's like fuck fantasy we gotta get our drafts in and shit like like that would be wild it absolutely would be I mean <laughs> the NFL you talk about adding that seventeenth game and the other wild card and we don't want to have the oversaturation of the NFL and we're watching underwear Olympics and prime time here but that seventeenth game I don't think you need it either I think you're absolutely right the fact that you have the 16 games you gotta you cherish each an individual game and that's where we go back to yes. baseball where you got 162 games like your team plays every day you can see a game be like yeah they played pretty well last night where the love affair isn't the same because you have so much and the dude you are you are watching bro i remember lying to my job saying that i was super religious and i had to be <laughs> off on Sunday. It was a restaurant job, and like one of our most busy days was something. I was like, "Listen, I, I like my family and I. We take this shit serious, dude." And I would just sit around and watch football all day because I had to be able to like that was it was like must see yep. viewing for me. Like I need to watch the NFL. Not like like I don't like I don't watching a little college basketball, watching a little NBA. Like like that stuff's great, but. There's 16 games, and we feel this way, and our teams is are the worst yep. in the league, dude. And we feel this way. Imagine being a like a, a fan of a good team, and like how great and fun that is to like win shit. Amazing, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it just enjoy it. It's just, but we enjoy these. You know, it, it, the other thing is you have eight home games and you have eight. Home, so, so what do you? I don't know what's proposed the, the on that. The proposal on that is one year you have nine home games, the next year you have nine road games, and it switches okay. year by year. But I'm I can accept the 17 game regular season more so than adding another wild card game. What do you think though? If if that 17th game was a home and and home every single two years with the Browns and Lions, a game for the. Uh, the barge that matters. The barge, a real barge. I so like every year we would rotate. Your lions, like, or we could go play it. Like one year we play it at the big house, <laughs> and then the next year we play it like Ohio Stadium. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> Add some allure to it. But I saw your lions just resigned uh, Danny Amendola, Danny. and on Twitter, Danny, yeah, Danny. you see the picture. Danny Amendola signing the contract. And if you look at the picture to the left of it would be Danny Amendola's right, but to the left of him in the picture, you see the barge sitting behind him. And I'm 
I'm I like, know. I, oh I, my I, goodness. I, we joke about there, this. Dude. And the thing is, if they cut down to three games, <sighs> we might not have the barge in the yeah, preseason. It's true. And for people who are listening it's to this true. and they're like, what in the fuck are these guys talking about? The Browns and the Lions play every year in the preseason for a trophy called the barge. Yeah. It's yeah. it's the dumbest it's shit bad. ever. And that's not true. Listen to him. It's fucking, it's everything. It is. It's our everything. Super Bowl trophy. It is the Lombardi oh, trophy of Lake Erie. It's the only trophy that either of our teams have ever played. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it's everything to our franchise. All right. I, I can't even. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It's ridiculous. We play for a preseason trophy, which is why our team should be yep. playing each other in a college stadium because that's the only kind of teams that do Dude. that. Except it would be fun. It would be so cool in a home and home, though. I mean, nah, whatever. I was dreaming. But, like, the proximity. like, So I'm thinking, like, you do the 17th game or you do that game and just do, like, it with the closest yeah. proximity. So in the, in the teams that are in different divisions. So if this and this are the closest proximity from AFC and NFC, that's where the 17th game is. And then that game gets home and home each, you know, each year. That would be a lot of fun. And that's kind of almost like a fifth division game but like not really <laughs> you can see teams like the eagles and the steelers playing each other i mean yeah yeah that'd be that a lot be of cool. fun to see absolutely and while we're talking lions you ready to move into the talking some lions you yeah. ready to bring yeah. the show down a little bit but this is hope we're yeah. talking about nope. the lions the yeah. lions what was the lions record again last year three and 13 yeah. thanks Three and thirteen, yep. but they were better before Matt Stafford went down with an injury. They were two zero and one. They were two zero and one. So and then they went three and thirteen. The Lions coming into this next season here, as we get into twenty twenty, estimated cap space of their top fifty one. They've got forty six million to burn. Yeah, but cash. you're losing Damon Harris. Mike Daniels is a free yeah. agent. I mean, yeah. He's hurt all the time. You're not really losing anyone. Oh, What's up? The Damon Harrison thing, if we're going to bring out the lines, Bob Quinn got fleeced, bro. He got fleeced. He paid a ridiculous freaking signing bonus. We got like $5 million in dead cap this year because you decided to extend another player in the lease. <laughs> let's, let's extend Quandre Diggs and trade him. Let's extend Damon Harrison and you know, snacks and, and, and then just release him. This dude's out of his damn mind. Yeah, in those two players alone, you have eight point five eight three million in dead. dead cap space. Just dead cap, no reason. Just because we're just going to give people signing bonuses yeah. and stuff, and and then just just get rid I mean, of. It was a good trade at the time, and looking at their their roster right now, you're still only paying two point two million in cap space to the Kenny Damon Gallagher. Harrison. The Damon Harrison trade was Bob Quinn's best thing yeah. ever done. Be, and then and then it wasn't because he was awesome. And then they extended him, and then he wasn't. I mean, injuries took their toll on Snacks. He wasn't very good. He wasn't very good last year. But Snacks was the best, the best if not top three nose tackle in the league for for a yeah. few years. Of, you know what I mean? For a few years span there. Um, but it sucks. I mean, listen, the Lions got some cash, but does anybody want to play for their ass? Trash. Well, ass. going into it, we've talked about this before, where you have. A possibly dead on arrival 
group of front office guys and coaching staff because they're expected to win right away. And if they don't, how long are they going to be held on to? So as far as free agency, they're going to have to overpay. But for them, they got high draft picks. They got to hit on these draft picks. And when you look at the needs, they definitely need interior defensive line. You're losing. Ashawn Robinson's a free agent. Dude. Harrison Daniels. They need – where do you think your team needs to hit the most? Name a defensive spot. (laughs) Go. Like, I mean, it's it's really like that. Um, Yeah. Defensive tackles is yes. Defensive tackles (laughs) is probably the big position with a with a Sean being a free agent. Um, I think corner is important with the Lions. um, Depending on what you do, I do expect the Lions if they do end up trading Darius Slay to make a run at Byron Jones, about $15 million a year, a little bit younger. Um, and I think the nice thing about that move is you actually add some draft capital, will be at probably a second-round pick, um, and then you go out and try to sign Byron Jones. But that's if they trade Slay. Um, of course, it would be nice to see an Okuda and Slay, you know, tandem And those there. two guys have been um, working that, together. It makes sense. Yeah, but, but I don't want Okuda at three. Okay, I'm not taking Jeff Okuda three. Now, if Miami wants to come calling and I have other thoughts on what the Lions should do with their pick and then which route they should go if Chase Young's there, I just you run and turn the card in his back. I think if Chase Young's there, you have no choice but to sprint up there as fast as possible and get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I don't think there's any chance Chase Young's there. I disagree. I cannot. I cannot I mean, see the Redskins passing on him, unless this. We'll see. Talk about Dwayne Haskins just not getting the offense at all, unless that's true, and they decide to go quarterback. Well, I also think that there's the opportunity for somebody to come get Washington's pick, especially since Washington, one of their actually strengths of their team's defensive yeah. end. Um. I mean, I think there's still lots of possibilities here. I'm not, I'm not counting out that, that he's completely gone at three. That's of course the best case scenario for mm-hmm. for me. The second best, I think, all medicals cleared would be you draft Tua. They're not going to do that, so I'm not even probably that. They're just not going to do it. Okay, I know the Lions are not going to draft Tua. So then you look at trading back, mm-hmm. right? You look at teams like the Chargers, you look at teams like the Dolphins, and you see what you can get there. I like Jeff Okuda at five. I, I know it's only two spots. Oh, why is it two spots? It's just because you're getting something in return. And uh, But but if, if you draft Jeff Okuda, just just pay Slay, right? Like, what, what are we doing? I, I don't know because I would just like to see Jeff Okuda and Darius Slay way more than Jeff Okuda and Byron Jones. Um, but I think the Lions – are going to go heavy, heavy defense, man. I really do. Um, that defensive line needs to be bulked up. I can see that, and that's why I think there's four guys in play at number three for the Lions. And there's talk that they did talk to Joe Burrow today, but I don't think he's going to make it there. I think he's guaranteed number one pick. But That's just one of those yeah. courtesy things. You know? For me, with the Lions, I think the number one guy they're looking at, if they stay at three, is Okuda. I think Derek Brown 
because of their need for interior linemen, I think the kid's going to be yeah, really good. Yeah. I think he's in play. Isaiah Simmons. And I do think Tua is a possibility, but they've got to be blown away with his medicals, and they've got to know going forward that he's going to be 100% healthy and everything's going to be fine there before they would even think that. But the Lions definitely need to go heavy on the defense side of the ball. They need to look at a guy like Kyle Duggar, the safety out of Lenore Ryan, maybe in the second or third round, maybe Bradley and Nye going further and edge out of Utah. And then they need to build up that interior of the offensive line. I think that's a spot where they need to get better. Glasgow. Glasgow's going to walk, dude. Yeah. And Glasgow's been a solid player for you guys. Yes, I yeah. love him, dude. He's one of my one of my more, more the players. I if like they more. let him go, I think it's I think it's a mistake by that franchise to do that. This is a I solid guy on your interior. You got to keep these guys. The guys you draft, you have to continue to build up, or else you stay flatlining. Especially, especially when you're Bob Quinn, you only draft like a couple of them every four years. Like you gotta pay those guys. Like if you're just gonna draft shitty guys, at least when they when you randomly just throw the dart at the board with a bunch of players' faces, and that's how you select <laughs> them. Whenever you actually hit somebody's face, it's actually a legitimate player, and you hit him, it, you, he'll just let him walk because he's a clown. And the other the that's other thing that's hard for the Lions is this is probably the best division in all of football. So yeah, well, and I do think the Lions. It, if I'm a Lions fan, so I, I have so many t- like I want to see them take a running back. I do. I, I I would like to see like I would love to see Jake if Dobbins or Taylor is sitting there with your second round pick. I think that's where you could do it. I, I would love to see a Jake and Dobbins, but it's got to be. I think if I they do that, it's got to be because they are not sold on carry on at this point. Well, can you be? I mean, he's freaking. <laughs> he's been all the time. <laughs> And it's just and let's not act like when carry on's played, he's been that productive yeah. either. Right. Um I don't know, but but you, you, you I think they get receiver a receiver later. Right. Because they do need a minor receiver. But I, I think that they try to go for the most part, they go defense and but you're right. It's it's a team with a lot of needs and some say it's a team that hasn't a roster that hasn't improved at all since Bob Quinn's taken over and people are like, Well, why is that? At least I'm the, I'm I'm like why is that? But, <laughs> and maybe it's at the me. same time, you could say that they're not that far away either, because you saw what yeah. the offense can be. Maybe you add a better running back and a guy who's I mean I was high on carry on coming into last year, but I love the pick carry on. I love when they pick carry. He's a guy who had a lot of mileage on him coming into the league, and he's not staying yeah. healthy. And you need to improve that interior offensive line to really help him. You need to, to – I like carry-on in the 12 to 15 touch category. And having another guy out there that's going to get, you know, 12 to 15 also. Yeah, you got 30 carries. Uh, that's what I'd like to see. And that, so I think they got to ask – I don't think Ty Johnson's that guy. I don't guy. think so either. I, I've heard that they've been, they've been connected to Deion Lewis and they like him, but – Come on now. I mean, what the, what are we doing here? Like, we want Deion Lewis' ass just because he played for the fucking <laughs> Patriots? But God damn it, dude. And you bring up free agency. The only free agency lines are going to go after his ex-Patriots yep. people. 
It's just, oh, Deion <laughs> Lewis, like, why is he the one guy that I've heard the Lions are connected to? I feel like people could just write a report that, it, it, like, Patrick Chung, I heard Patrick Chung today. <laughs> the Lions are connected to Patrick Chung if, if the Patriots don't. Like, I'm like, is this real Chung life? Has a, does he still like, have a cocaine or, or, charge against him? Yeah, he does. He does have that. But, like, so, like, but it's just, it's, it's just like I cannot stand this circus anymore, dude. I can't. Like I need to get off the damn Ferris wheel because I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired of it. Ferris. A guy I really think that they should look at in free agency, come free agency time, maybe when they start making deals, is they should contact the Cleveland Browns about Kareem Hunt. This is a guy who the Browns are probably going to tender at a second round value, It'll be three to four million dollar value, who can really help the Detroit Lions right away and really help Matt Stafford coming off the broken back and really help open things up for two of the best receivers that no one talks about in Kenny Galladay and Marvin Lewis. I should I thought they should have made the move for Kareem yeah. Hunt last and he's gonna be there. I think the Browns would listen and maybe the teams could work something out. Maybe Maybe that's where Slay gets moved. Maybe if we traded you the barge. Maybe, yeah, I mean, as long as we get to keep the barge. <laughs> yeah. We'll let you guys permanently keep the barge if you give Winner us Kareem Hunt. The Browns we'll, just, the barge. we'll just we'll just make another one. <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you. Lines go defense. They need to fix a little bit of the offense, interior line, maybe you know another running back, but definitely high on defense and. Before you lose your mind, because we'll bring up Patriots players again, let's move on to the Chicago Bears. The 8-8 eight and eight Chicago Bears. Yeah. We can move on to them in just a second here. Let me get my notes pulled up. So as I pull up my notes here and we pull up for the Chicago Bears, Dub Bears, 8-8 eight and eight last year. Mm-hmm. Twenty-six million in cap space. They don't have a first-round pick, but they have two second-round picks. And when you look at them, they need interior offensive line help, cornerback, tight end, safety, and then maybe a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) they. I'm letting you take the Bears first here, man. I'm gonna sit back and listen. Looking at this team, coming into the draft, they're going to draft at 43-50. and 50. I think, even though I didn't mention it, I think wide receiver is a big need for them as well because you need to get a number one receiver in there. You need to maybe a T. Higgins slides to you. You need to bring Alshon Jeffrey home. You could do that if he could stay healthy. You need weapons. You need to figure out if your running back's are actually good or not, and use them properly. You need to build this team to find out exactly what you have in Mitch Trubisky. Because when you look at Mitch Trubisky, his numbers have been okay. And if you look just at numbers, you're like, okay, he's a solid quarterback. But we've all watched him and our eyes tell a different story. But when you're calculating market values as he moves on to... Don't be disrespectful to Mitch, dude. (laughs) I apologize. I know... I know you're very close with him and you're a huge fan of his. But when you're looking at his contract coming up, if you're going to extend him, you're looking at $27 million that you're going to be paying him. And you're paying 
Khalil Mack twenty six million as a cap hit this year. <laughs> you and you're getting Mitch Trubisky twenty seven million dollars. <laughs> imagine it. Oh my god, could, I'm sorry. that's where they're headed. But this is a team that they've got to figure out what they have in him because they're going to give him a big deal if they decide to keep him. But I think what's going to happen is this year he's going to get the Marcus Mariota treatment. They will bring in a guy who can play, maybe you know, similar to exactly. Ryan Tannehill, exactly. as the backup. And Mitchie's going to be on a short leash. But this is a huge year for Mitchie to figure out how good he really can be because this is make or break on his career. Five years, yeah. you're looking at 150 million dollars possibly. Or you're moving on to nothing. 2018, he was 24 touchdowns, 12 picks. Looked like he was going to move forward, be a pretty damn good player. And then last year became game manager Mitchie, averaging just over 209 yards a game, 17 touchdowns, 10 picks. But It was just ugly to watch. <laughs> it was at times. It was really bad to watch. But for the Bears, that's the number one thing they need to do is find out what you have in him, bring in a stud backup, who can eventually take place if he's not getting better and move forward from there. But as far as the draft, you got 40, you got two tops in the, or two picks in the top 50 at 43 and 50. If I'm the bears, I'm looking wide receiver, possibly in corner. Maybe Damon Arnett goes there. Maybe T Higgins slides. Like I said before, maybe a Cameron Dantzler out of Mississippi state. Damon Arnett. I like Damon Arnett. You do. Okay. I do. I, uh, yeah, actually, uh, funny story. I one of the country clubs I worked at, his dad was a member of, uh-huh. and so he used to uh, go back and forth to watch the games in Columbus, which was a whole of a trip to go from Dallas to Columbus because this is in Dallas. <laughs> when I lived in Dallas, but no, he. Uh, I'm not super high on Damon Arnett, but we'll see. But no, I mean. I think he's he'd be a good value at what you say forty three. Yeah, I think that's good value at that at that part of the draft. I mean, he's a kid who at times you can see first round talent. Yeah, but I'm not saying he's a first rounder. You can see the talent there. And for the Bears, I think best thing for them to do after Mitchie is to get someone on the offensive line and then build through the draft after that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. sign at Glasgow in free agency. I, I 100 – don't say that. <laughs> I uh, That's not even funny. I uh, 100% do think that they go they go the free agent route to bring in a quarterback. Um, I would be shocked if all they did was draft a guy in, like, the fourth round. They're going to bring in somebody, I think. Um, Marcus Mariota. I mean, what do you think about Marcus Mariota as an option? I mean, Mariota could be the guy who just saw what happened to him last year. And maybe he's learned sitting on the bench that he's got to play better (laughs) on the field and he's got to be aggressive because the thing, they're similar where they were so worried about making mistakes that they kind of changed the player they were. That's, That's funny that you say that. I was thinking like Marcus Mariota and Mitch Trubisky. It's like, are you really getting that different of a player? I mean, you see him <laughs> you throwing know? one left-handed, one right-handed. And you're like, huh, the same guy? <laughs> right. Am I looking in a mirror here? 
but is this a spot where, I mean, you look at the guys available, Colt McCoy, he's going to be available. Do you bring in a Colt McCoy and hope he can no. hang? I mean, could he be just a game manager enough? Do they trade for Andy Dalton? Ooh, now that, see, that's possible. Let me say something about Colt McCoy. The fact Col- Colt McCoy's had a nice backup career, dude. Mm-hmm. He's cashed some nice paychecks, folks. Being a backup quarterback in the NFL gets you a few million a year. Uh, yeah, Colt McCoy, good for him, his family. He doesn't even have to play. He can just kind of chill out. But, no, Colt McCoy is not going to be the kind of guy that I'm talking that's going to push, push Mitch Trubisky. You know, I think they need a legitimate guy in there. I really do. I think they need – because you know my thoughts about Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. I, and maybe he just had a terrible year, but, man, he at times, like, that offense was just putrid, dude. I, I mean, I mean the Lions the Lions with David Blau had a better-looking offense Blau. than that. Love David Blau. Blau. But, yeah, so I don't know. The Bears, I could definitely see him going wide receiver. They do need help. Um I think they're I, I think they're gonna rewind with the running back. Montgomery's gonna get way more work this year, and I think they need to to figure out what they are. I mean, they, they need to be a run first team and work off play action. Um, but but definitely giving Mitchie another weapon would certainly help. And then just staying healthy, they were banged up too last year. But that defense is also not the same. So we'll see what they do. And to clarify, I'm not saying Colt McCoy is as good as Ryan Tannehill, but he's a guy who could come in where Mitchie's struggling and not turn the ball over and make the right reads. But the Andy Dalton thing, as I say that, Andy Dalton, 32, he can still play. He's $17 million cap hit for the Bengals. No dead cap money if they deal him. So maybe the Bengals deal him, he restructures his contract and – makes it a two, three-year deal with the Bears, and maybe he's the guy who can push Mitchie to be worthy of the second overall pick in a draft where he was picked ahead of Patrick Mahomes Sean and Deshaun Watson, Watson which <laughs> everyone loves to beat that story to death. But yeah. the Bears definitely, they need to figure out who they are. I think a big thing last year was that Nagy didn't know what he wanted to do on offense. They weren't running the ball at all. They wanted well, Nagy, to air it out like they had Pat Mahomes. Nagy went from looking great. To looking terrible last yeah. year. And this, like, this whole team needs fun and identity. You hit it on the head. Screw them. Yeah, you love the Bears, you know it. I hate all these Closet teams. Bear fan. Closet now we're going to move on to the Minnesota Vikings. 10 and yeah. 6, second in the NFC North playoff team. Looking at the Vikings, what are their needs? Let's see what I had in my notes Defensive back goes what I'm thinking. Cornerback, interior of both lines, tackle, maybe wide receiver, safety. I think they're going to need a safety because I think Anthony Harris is going to leave. Possibly I think Edge. Yeah, I love Grant Delpit there, don't you? I mean, I I, I think that's around where he's going to go. Yeah, Delpit or Xavier McKinney would make absolute sense there in the first round for them. And they are a team that they're basically in salary cap hell. They're seven hundred thirty-six thousand. They don't have any money in cap space. You <laughs> Vikings, we got we got we're three thirteen. We got all kinds of money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're paying thirty-one million 
to Kirk Cousins. Diggs is making a ton of money. Yeah. Rudolph is making over ten million. Hendricks, Smith, Barr, Thielen. Dude, they need to move somebody. And that's why I think Anthony Harris is gone, and he had a hell of a year last year for them. So safety is definitely going to be a spot. Stephon Diggs could be a guy on the move. I mean, I we talk about how good this wide receiver class is. You're going to keep Thielen at twelve million. Maybe you move Diggs fourteen. Maybe he's the guy who goes to the Raiders or some team like that. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, I'm not. Yeah, I, I can certainly because they got to make a move somewhere. Because you're right. They're, they have money coming off the books next year, but this year they're kind of <laughs> strapped here. Yep. Um, we'll see, but I but I think they could either go – you could see C.J. Henderson there, um, the Christian Fulton kid out of LSU, two corners, or, I mean, you could see safety too. But I, I would see I, – I, I mean, in my mind, they're going, they're going secondary. Yeah. In the first round at least. And they pick what, 25, right? Yeah, so. Yeah, yep. this is a I team. Think, I think those all. I think all those guys we're bringing up are actually probably going to be available right around there. Yeah, with those first two picks, I could see them going McKinney, maybe Arnett and Dantzler, like I mentioned earlier. Maybe they're available at fifty-eight where they pick next, and then for them, just best player available. You need to rebuild both sides of the line. Maybe Davon Hamilton from Ohio State. Maybe Damian Lewis on the offensive side out of LSU later on. You could see him going wide receiver late where they could add Juwan Jennings or Kalijah Lipscomb or, I mean. Well, Stephon Diggs would have to be something you do before the draft, right? And I think it happens. I mean, if, if you trade Stephon Diggs, you have to do it before the draft. And that does kind of change what you want to do as far as. But you're also going to be receiving draft capital, I'm assuming, of course it would be draft capital because they're trying to drop that money. I'm not sure what, you know what I mean? So they're going to be trying to just drop that cap. Um, You would think they would want to do that before the draft, get that capital and try to maybe add it to, uh, you know, a piece because Stephon Diggs is good, man. And uh, I mean, he's young. Yeah. You got Adam Thielen, but Adam Thielen's been banged up, right? He, you know, he's banged up all last year. And uh, it, with him just being the the one guy that acts on the outside, that's it's tough, man. Because you don't you really want to solidify a guy like that with with a second receiver. Um, and Stephon Diggs and Thielen kind of complement each other nicely. So it would be you know you got to figure out immediately how you're going to fill that gap. Yeah, and you're hoping at that point, you know, where I said maybe they look secondary in the second round, a guy like Higgins or Chenault or Ragor or something like that could fall and he would they would fit perfectly across from Thielen if you're going to do that but I mean Stefan Diggs is 26 years old he's owed a lot of money 36 million I believe left on his deal after this year but what are you expecting in return for Stefan Diggs I mean the you the trade chart where you're looking at wide receivers you look at what Brown traded for Odell, and then you look at Sanu was a second-round pick, but you can't go based on that. I mean, you're looking at at least a second-round pick is what you're hoping to get back for him, I think. Yeah, so I would think, yeah, I honestly would. I think you're looking at – it's tough to say a first-round pick, right? Because you're looking at like Amari Cooper was a first-round pick. But is he the same player as Amari Cooper? No. 
I don't know. I don't think so. I honestly don't. Um, I think a second-round pick is exactly the value you're looking at. And if you can get a second-round pick, and, and you could I, you could probably get a decently high second-round pick, honestly. Stephon Diggs is a good player, but I, I think if you're if you're looking for a first-round pick, you're you're asking for too much. And the value is hard to get because they know you need to move on from him. Yep. If you're trying to make cap space, this is deep, different from dealing a guy at the at the at the deadline. Exactly, and it's a deep wide receiver class. AJ Green might become available. There might be better options, possibly where you could see AJ Green. Maybe I don't see AJ Green as better because he hasn't played in forever. It feels like Dude, I feel like all, we talk about AJ Green. It's always like, oh, AJ Green's gonna play this week. And it's like, <laughs> oh, no, AJ Green's not. Yeah. AJ Green's gonna play this week. It's like, oh nope, set back. No AJ Green. Remember, he was gonna play like week two. <laughs> play a game. And, and then everybody's like, are they gonna trade him? It's like is it, I just want to know is AJ Green alive? Is anybody <laughs> <laughs> forget looking for him on the field? Send a search party to his house, man. Yeah. Yeah. Even talk to AJ Green. But that's another guy who could become available. So you're He's a you're in a deep too. market where his value is sliding because of the need and what's available and the people knowing that you need to move on from one of these guys because you don't have the money. They're going to want to bring back Everson Griffin. I mean, Vikings are in a weird spot where they could, they're going to have to get creative and Spielman's done a good job of it for the most part. And Zimmer's got the best out of his players. And maybe they do that. Maybe they don't. Maybe this is a team that's ready to fall because they also lost their offensive coordinator who made Kirk Cousins look pretty good. So who knows? Ready to move on to the uh, cheeseheads? Yep. Yeah. Let's, Let's get to the cheeseheads. The thirteen and three Green Bay Packers who pick thirty first, I believe. Let me see here where I had them. Thirtieth in the yep. first round here. Their cap situation, as I pulled up, I think they need an inside linebacker. Number one is what they need. Their defense is solid, but. It can be great if they had a decent inside linebacker who can make plays closer to the line of scrimmage than four yards downfield, which is where I believe Blake Martinez made most of his tackles. And he's a free agent, and his calculated value from SpotRack right now is $16.4 million, which is insane. It's ridiculous. Because I don't think he's that good. I don't even think he's as good as this. Is a you said team. 16.4. 16.4 million is his calculated value. Aaron Jones at 15 million, Bulaga at 10, and Kenny Clark 18.2 million is their calculated market value. And this team only has 18 million to spend. They need a wide receiver. They do. And sitting there <laughs> at 30, they also might need a tackle. And this is a spot where Josh Jones is a possibility. LaVisca Chenault, T. Higgins, all these guys we've talked about later in the draft or later in the I first was, round could I all be T. possibilities. Be a wonderful fit um, in Green Bay. I really do. I would Cross love that. Devontae Adams? Yep. Oh, I think that sure. would be fantastic. Um, yeah, they, the Packers do kind of need – I mean, offensive tackle is, is something that they could also look at in the first round. I mean, I would think – and you, you hit on the linebacker. I just don't know. It all depends. It's it's tough to pick for them because they're sitting at thirty, and you just know that there's going to be somebody that falls to them, and it's it's probably going to be one of those positions. And I think 
I think they could go with a weapon early. Mm-hmm. But then again, we did state there's there's going to be depth at the wide receiver position. Yep. Um, I, I just don't – I honestly, I have no idea where they're going to go because they do – I would think linebacker, tackle, and wide receiver are their, are their three needs that I would think right out of the gate. They could go either way. It kind of depends on it. The Packers are going to take the best player on the board. Kind of, you know what I mean? It's somewhat of the position they're looking for. That's what I expect out of them. Listen, if I'm the Packers, I'm trying to sure up my interior linebacker position in free agency. That's where I'm going to start. Maybe look at a guy like Joe Schobert if he becomes available. Bring him back to Wisconsin. And then I'm going to look best guy available at 30. If Josh Jones is there, I absolutely take Josh Jones. And then I fill my wide receiver spot maybe later because you've got Devontae Adams. You need a number two. And I think these guys, we've talked about how 30 could go in the first three rounds. I think you could find a quality number two later on in the draft. And then I think you need a tack or a tight end eventually because you need a tight end who can actually catch the ball and play and be healthy. Jimmy Graham didn't work out. Maybe Adam Troutman in the third round, a guy who can block, but can also. That's your boy, Run dude. Great routes. I'm huge on Adam Troutman. I think he's a damn good player, and he hasn't been playing football that long. I think he's a guy who can develop and be great eventually. And then from there, it's build up your interior lines on both sides of the ball. But really, for this team, they gotta maximize their final few years here with Aaron Rodgers. They spent a lot of money on the defense side of the ball last year, and they've got damn good defense players. Darius Smith is. Definitely played up to his contract. I mean, Kenny Clark's eventually going to need paid. You're going to lose Bulaga on the offensive side, but you can replace him as a right tackle eventually. They've got a solid core. You got. I think you move on. You got to move on from Jimmy Graham. Cut him. His cap hits 11.6 million, and that would leave you 3.6 in dead space, which is. Remember, I, do you remember the Jimmy Graham saying? Uh, it's New Orleans days. Just of, like, I mean, he just dominated. <laughs> he looked like the greatest tight end of all time. And then it just it was all over. Apart. The trade to Seattle looked like nothing. Yeah, it was all over from then. You look at this defense, though. Darnell Savage, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson. God, I sounded drunk there for a second. I mean, they've got this talent on defense. You've got to. <laughs> do something to put it all together to get them over the hump in the NFC and hope you don't run into the 49ers because the 49ers match up nightmare for this team. Yeah, I know. I agree with that. Well, I mean, it's just like, you know, we'll see. Cause I think the Packers are definitely going to be the favorite coming out of the North as they should be. Yeah. They pretty much are every year. Looking at cap figures, they're, in a pretty solid spot once you move – I mean, they, they have no choice but to move on from Jimmy Graham. He's the sixth highest paid player on the team, 33 years old, hasn't really done anything. They've already signed yeah. Mason Crosby to an extension. He's going to stay. That opened things up there for them with that spot. And then it's younger guys, and Aaron Jones is going to come up next year, and you got to figure out what you're doing with Aaron Jones going forward. You pay the running back that, yep. Pay the running back, and we've talked about that before. <laughs> yep, and it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. So for me, He's this year is, ball. yeah, this year is you've got to go all in as far as putting all your assets together to get you to the Super Bowl 
before Aaron Rodgers decides to hang it up and drive into the sunset with Danica Patrick. Good for him. And I think that pretty much sums up the NFC North offseason. Where are we going next week? You want to go back to the AFC and hit the AFC South, or you want to stay in the NFC? Uh, yeah, let's go AFC South, man. I'm in. All right. We'll go AFC South next week. We'll continue talking draft. We'll uh, recap the scouting combine. We'll continue with our uh, mock draft as we're getting some more friends of the show. We're slowly building some people that uh, look like they're actually going to come on the show when they say they will. Unlike, <laughs> I won't These even mention happen. that. These things happen. Yeah, happens. Anything else you want to hit on tonight? That's that's about it, man. I yeah. uh, no, it's good stuff you as always. <laughs> You don't want to go off the air uh, mumbling something that would uh, offend the vertically challenged or anything like a certain Browns beat writer did this week <laughs> with Baker Mayfield. No, <laughs> no, that's terrible look for him though. And yeah, <laughs> yeah it's pretty hilarious though. <laughs> the fucking Browns, man, even their beat writers. All right, man. Great show as always. All right, brother. You have a great evening. You do, Sam, and everybody out there. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can find us on iHeartRadio, Apple Pods, Google Pods. Everywhere, really. Everywhere you can find us. Check us out on Anchor. And as always, remember, if you live the life you love, you love the life you live. Good night, kids.